0: Hot dog.
1: I'm Joel Volk and welcome to Small BizCast, where I explore the lives of small business owners to dig a bit deeper and explore strengths, weaknesses, ideas, and challenges with blemishes and all. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Rochelle Seltzer, a highly trained and well-respected coach, author, and speaker who helps people live big in their personal and professional lives. Living big means bringing your greatness into the world and realizing your full potential. Unfortunately, many people hold themselves back while living a smaller version of themselves than is possible. In this episode, Rochelle will talk about the impact of the self-critic and the various ways it hinders people from living their best lives. More importantly, she will offer practical solutions to overcome these limitations and start living a bigger, more satisfying life. Rochelle is also the creator of the Discovery Dozen, a powerful tool that helps individuals discover their unique strengths and talents. Rochelle will explain what the Discovery Dozen is and how it can be used to unlock your full potential. So, whether you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, join us as we explore the power of living big and how the Discovery Dozen can help you achieve your goals. Let's get started. Hi, Rochelle. Thanks for joining me. When I first met you in a different context, I was so impressed by what you had to say in an area that I've always been a little suspect of also. When when people talk about... You know, they create vision boards and have, I do believe there's visualization to success, but I've always been a little skeptical about some of the prompts that people keep around them, their their business life to, to get there. I, I know that for my own world, I think I would stop seeing them after a while. I would stop envisioning mm-hmm. them. And so before we get into that, tell us a little about yourself, how you got to where you are, what led you to this path? If you could take maybe four or five minutes and just tell us your life story. <laughs>
0: try and keep it really tight. It's so nice to be with you, Joel. I never would have thought that this is the work I'd be doing in the world, but you know, sometimes you a path takes you someplace that you can't foresee, and this is the best path I've ever found myself on. I started my career as a graphic designer. I owned a business that did marketing and branding and design work, and I did that for 27 years. Before I woke up one day, having started working with a coach for the first time, And realized it wasn't really making me happy anymore. And why was I doing something? Just because it was there. I'd been proud of it. i built it. But I didn't wake up excited in the morning to do that work. And so I made a decision. I made the decision that I would sell my business. kind of thought I knew what I would do next, but tried that. And that didn't light me up so much either. And I was open and ready. And I believe truly that when we are really trusting ourselves and open and ready, the well-supported, that miracles can happen. And for me, the miracle was that the right teacher showed up, and that teacher showed up to teach me about creativity. So my dirty little secret is that I was a designer, I had lots of awards, I had a great team, and I couldn't do anything personally expressive or creative.
1: Wow. I was to-
0: totally blocked that way. And I kind of knew where it happened and why it happened, my childhood and all those good things, and it wasn't helping me to get past it.
1: So did you feel like you were being a bit disingenuous in your professional life at that point? No,
0: I think I was a really good designer. You gave me an assignment. I would design the heck out of it.
1: I see. Got <laughs> but it.
0: If, I would go to museums and marvel at, at paintings and say, I don't know how people do that. Where does right. it come from? I, I was completely mystified. It was yeah. so opaque for me. And in studying with this brilliant teacher who was a psychiatrist who believes in and, and, Sounds all of his work is on the foundation of the power of creativity. I realized, wow, this is something I want to learn about, and this is something I think I need to learn about.
1: So I think of creativity as an innate quality, and what I'm hearing you say is it's a you can acquire the quality, or is it nascent, and you okay, it's erupted in question. you. Okay, great question.
0: Great, great question. I believe now I I truly. Can, can stake my claim that we've all come into the world filled with creativity. The thing is that most of it gets shut down. Somebody says something to us or we right. compare ourselves to somebody else, or in some way it gets diminished. And what we believe is that to be creative, we have to be like those super brilliant, talented writers, actors, musicians, dancers, whatever. And if we're not, you know, Oscar worthy, performers or whatever grammy worthy performers then it doesn't count and so we minimize it and when we minimize it we fail to appreciate that it's there and we don't most of us have no clue about how to leverage it
1: so i know a few people that are creative when it comes to the visual arts Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but don't seem to be able to communicate in a creative or an expressive way maybe expressive is a better way Mm -hmm do they have the same talent or do they, is it like, you know, water seeks its own level. So, or is it, or is it some people are just visual, some people are auditory and they lean. In well, those there's
0: questions. all of that. Right. You know, I truly believe that you can create and express yourself in the kitchen, in the garden, in a workshop. My husband used to say, but I can only draw stick figures. I'm not creative. And I would say, but hold on. I think you're the most creative visionary thinker. I've and leader I've ever seen. Really? So he didn't see it in himself, or he didn't categorize it that way. Right. I saw it, right? Well, and I particularly saw it after I started learning all of this. <laughs> and appreciating it, right, right. So the 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 expressive part of it. Somebody loves working with their hands, and that could be, you know, clay or cloth or building or anything. That's a form of joy that they can generate in themselves in the process of creating and expressing themselves. And so I always say there's sort of two, my own parlance kind of two sides of the coin about creativity. So one is this expressive part. And it doesn't matter if you're good at it, quote unquote, or right. as good as somebody else at it. If right. you love, I, there's a woman that I met who loves collecting glass and then researching it afterwards. Like that's her, lights are up. I never heard of such a thing. Right. Whatever it is, it's good. Right.
1: Right. Right.
0: So there's that piece. And when you, when you activate that part and you honor it and you create um, some time in your life to pursue those things that you love to do, whether it's strumming the guitar every evening after dinner or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be, you are opening your heart. Mm-hmm. You're connecting more to what you feel to your emotions you get to play really sad music if you need that or really upbeat music if you want that or whatever you know flavor of cooking or gardening or whatever we're talking about. You connect more to your intuition. And when we connect that's more to your intuition fascinating. is that's, when we generate more ideas.
1: That's fascinating to me. I, I stepped on your words because I was like excited <laughs> by the thought. So forgive me for that. So you're yeah. saying when you're being creative, you tie into your intuition. So it's not an intellectual thing. It's it's what's in you. That emotional
0: feeling part. And you know, the gut has so much neurologic capacity. It's called the second brain. We don't honor the fact that in our bodies, when we let ourselves get out of our heads, which most of us in business live really in our heads, and we think that's where we should live. And it's when we get into our hearts and our intuition that we have so much more available to us. In terms of ideas and inspiration.
1: So it's kind of interesting you say that because I was having this conversation with a, a client of mine and he was he's a touchy feely huggy kind of guy. And he feels like because he can't be touchy feely huggy the way he would with his family at work, he feels like he can't express himself properly properly. In a way that opens them up all the way, it is a certain degree of creativity that goes into the solutions he provides his clients. I, I can't get too deep or I'll reveal too much, fun. but but it really is important to, you know not to not have blinders on and to not feel like you're restricted in the world he's in. And it, it occurred to me from what you're saying that that might be a huge problem that the social norms of being in business could hold back the wrong person from succeeding their to their level of um, capacity. Yeah.
0: I'm so intrigued by this, because it could be, and I don't know anything about this, so I could be completely off base, but it could be that something about the culture that he creates in his business can have a a kind of operating space where we get creative together, where we Mm -hmm. do express together, where it feels normal and not weird. Right. Now, I don't know. It's just a fun thing to think about.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. How do you engage this what seems like a, almost a religious epiphany, how do you engage this, this uh, new way of looking at the innate creativity that we have? How do you use that when it comes to people's, it's both personal and professional, but it seems like it's the professional client that you focus on that lets it go out and spill out into their personal lives. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. And there's a lot there, but one thing that I just want to backtrack slightly to say that might contribute to answering this question, Sure. the other piece of of the, or the other flip to the other side of the creative coin is believing that we are creators, adopting the mindset of our creator. So that's where we're going back to the head and, and saying, oh, this is something I have in me. This is something available to me. And I really believe that when you bring that belief and mindset into what you do every day, you can see creative opportunities in front of you all the time. What what next idea am I gonna come up with? What next decision am I gonna make? What next step is really best for me to create, even in an environment where that's maybe not an alternative that I've been offered? What do I want to do that might not even be ideal in this moment, but then I get to create the next step after that and move in a direction that really matters to me?
1: So are you saying there's a, once you give yourself license to be creative, that creativity comes?
0: You see it everywhere. You see opportunities
1: everywhere. Right. So when I was reading a little bit about your, your philosophy for lack of a better term, it seems like it's, it's the self critic that holds us back more than, than the exterior stimuli. However, I know how I joke around and I know how I, think of myself i use self-deprecating humor it's part of my shtick i actually probably have a bigger ego than it looks like i have because i'll make fun of myself you know to disarm people is that is that uh holding me back do you believe
0: it might be i here here's what i believe nobody gets away without having the self-critic step in and try and sabotage them nobody Right. right we all compare ourselves to somebody else we all feel like an imposter at some time we we all, not all of us, but so many of us procrastinate, or we're perfectionists. And by the way, usually the procrastination and perfectionism go together.
1: Right, it, and then paralyzation afterwards.
0: And then, right, and and that's and what paralyzes people. That
1: right, comes,
0: that, that comes along. So right. you know, so many people say, "Oh, but I really do better when I work under pressure." I think it's a story we tell ourselves. There's nobody <laughs> can do things better if they give themselves a little time and thoughtfulness to actually right. receive tell ourselves these stories
1: Uh uh-huh interesting
0: and the truth is that all of that comes from our ego that knows where we are now likes the status quo just the way it is and as soon as we stretch we reach we try to do something bigger or bolder or new or different that that self-critic comes in and goes hey wait 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 no (laughs) let's not do that it doesn't feel safe to me and I think if we can appreciate the fact that it's really just a part of ourselves that's trying to be careful and protective. Right. We can be less hard on ourselves, even about having those self-critical thoughts.
1: Well, speaking for myself, I can tell you that I will use self-deprecation as a way to avoid the perception of being a failing. Like, right. you know, people, I, I loved when I was in business.
0: It always there being employed for a reason.
1: Yeah. Well, I loved when my I loved being underestimated because then mm-hmm. I can only I had only one way to go and people's right. minds is up. So you know, you know there was something very comfortable about being and and I guess by comfortable I mean there was no risk involved with being under underestimated.
0: So the way that I see you employ it the little that we've gotten to know each other, Joel, is I think it's charming. And I think people very quickly realize that there's a lot of there there.
1: Okay. All right. That's nice yeah. to say. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now 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 that but you I said the, expectations high, I better, I
0: better <laughs> but I really do see the way that fear is the biggest of them all.
1: Yeah. And
0: I would say we don't live in a world, thank God, where we have a lot of mortal danger. But our lizard brains are sort of hyper-attuned to being fearful because there used to be fear. You know, there could right. be a tiger that was going to jump out and attack you eons ago. Right. right. So when we recognize that we feel fear we can actually say to ourselves, what what is there actually to be afraid of? And more often, way more often than not, there's nothing to be afraid of unless we're afraid of failing. Right. But is that failing? How consequential is it? The best thing you can do is to try something new because you might actually love it, succeed, you know, whatever. And if it falls short, you get to learn from it. You get to laugh it off. You get to maybe be embarrassed for a little bit and then say, what the heck? You get
1: to move forward. This is a conversation I have had recently with a client of mine who's a high earner who's working for somebody else. And he is contemplating going out on his own, but he's procrastinating so hard because he's afraid he's going to fail. And the the, further, the only he'll only fail to the point where he'll have to work somebody else and become a high earner for somebody. I mean, there's, there is so, the small, a
0: lot of money, (laughs) the downside
1: is so small. And so it's such a tiny little, tiny little downside to him, but he's, but, but the, the, because he's never experienced failure, the thought of it is literally, we were talking about a moment ago, he's paralyzed by it. He's absolutely paralyzed by it. I've had a tough time getting through to him to let himself take this chance Maybe something visual would help him with that.
0: Yeah, well, let me just backtrack a little bit because
1: yeah.
0: the when we focus and think about all the ways that the self-critic shows up, the way that we can counterbalance that or support ourselves is by building self-love. So self-love usually makes people feel super uncomfortable. It may be yeah. just I
1: just, I don't know if you How saw it? my physical response, but I just felt a little Pushy. spermy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, no um, Oh, isn't that selfish?
1: you uh, love me. <laughs> I,
0: that, that, that's like on the fast track to narcissism. I'm not going there.
1: Right. <laughs> or whatever.
0: Or it just feels darn uncomfortable. Sure. When we can truly learn to appreciate ourselves, honor ourselves, feel deserving, Say, yeah, I have greatness in me, and this is what it's all about. So I'm thinking about this person you were just referring to. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if he could focus on what are his talents, his genius, his gifts, all the things that have brought him the success and stature and whatever that he's enjoying, if he can fully internalize that, he will not have as much fear or as much tendency to to collapse or to be brought down by the, the... Face of the self-critic that shows up on that day, right? So this is this is active work to do. This is giving yourself a yay me when you've done little things and big things that are, right. that are significant. It could be, boy, I really managed that, that delicate conversation so well. Yay mm-hmm. me, right? It can be all when you pay attention to all the small ways that you can acknowledge yourself and appreciate yourself. This builds that resource in you of belief in yourself and and what I call self-love. And the more that we have that we bolster self-love, the more that we can counterbalance the the downward pull of the self-critic. And so it's a big part of my work. And this is also about taking good care of your physical body and giving yourself time to not be on, you know, 24 hour rotation of getting things done, but to have some downtime, to have some reflection, and to do some creative work that opens you up. This is another way that you honor yourself by saying, oh, I really love it when I'm, you know, out in the woods, hunting for mushrooms, (laughs) whatever you like, you know, and do what you love. Do do more of what you love and make that part of what you appreciate as meaningful in your life.
1: Small BizCast is proud to support Fit for the Cause. Fit for the Cause is the leading organization in fitness for low income and special needs communities. Founded in response to the national health crisis, Fit for the Cause has used licensed and COVID conscious trainers to keep their members active, even during the pandemic. Offering physical training, nutrition, and a variety of classes, members benefit from the same resources given to special Olympic athletes. So stay active now by going to www.fitforthecause.org. That's fit, the numeral four, thecause.org. Welcome to our new sponsor, Jorgensen HR. Jorgensen HR believes that an employer's workforce is the single key to customer satisfaction, reputation growth, profitability, and the ultimate success of the company. Jorgensen HR works to ensure that employers are in compliance with federal, state, and local HR laws and helps assist them with almost everything else HR. Driven by passion and guided by expertise, Jorgensen HR. Please remember to mention Small BizCast when you call 661-600-2070 or visit them online at jorgensenhr.com. If you know of anyone who feels lonely on their way to the top, I can help. Hot Dog Business Growth is for companies of all sizes. For people new to business, we offer the Pay It Forward Roundtable, a monthly half-day panel discussion with your peers, coupled with one-to-one private counseling with me. This is super affordable and the best OJT you'll ever get as you learn to grow your business. For the more seasoned, Hot Dog Business Growth offers counseling for leadership and teams. We offer sales strategies and team synergy, as well as customer service assessments and training. Our decades of business experience is on tap for you and your team. Schedule your no obligation conversation at Hot Dog Business Growth so doing what we love has a double edge to it because it means saying no to those things that you really don't want to do. It and it means saying no to the sometimes the detriment of those that we also love.
0: Okay. So there's two things that I'm hearing. One is you can't do everything. None of us can. Right. Okay. So every yes that you may say, every yes requires a no right?
1: Typically. typically. Right. Right. And
0: the other thing is the yeses that we say that we resent when we don't set good boundaries. And that's a different version of saying no. Right. And honoring and creating, you know, the space for what we really want in our lives. And I always believe that if there's something that you truly is not the right time or not the right thing to do but you can always do that kindly
1: you yes always,
0: right you can always say i have another commitment now maybe in the future i can help you with that or whatever it might be there's ways
1: For, yeah interesting to
0: set those boundaries don't have to be painful they can be extremely kind and kind to yourself and kind to the
1: other person right right interesting so um t- take us can you take a, t- give me an example of how you've taking people down this path and how they've achieved their goals as a result.
0: I have a signature program that I created a few years ago that I'm so delighted with, that really brings together the work that people do with me privately and work in a group. Because I think that we learn so much from being on a journey with other people, their energy, their contribution to what we can learn about ourselves and the way we can support them is a very rich kind of environment. So this program is called Live Big Live. And in this program, we start with six weeks of discovery sheets one a week and group calls where we start to dig into knowing ourselves, really knowing ourselves, asking a lot of questions we don't usually ever consider. <laughs> and we we talk about, we everybody has tools and, and exercises to do, these gentle wake-up tools in your life about really who is it that I want to be and become? what are the qualities that I really I, I want to be more patient? I want to be more whatever, you know, what are the parts of myself that I want to grow into in a bigger, more developed way? Okay. What do I want to be doing in my life? And then what do I want to have? Because we're all entitled to have things and there's the, the concrete things like, Oh, right now I want to have a new electric car. Right. <laughs> I want to have a fuel efficient electric car, trade my car in and have that. But there's also the, I want to have more time in my life to read or whatever it might be. So the intangible and the, and the concrete things. And then I guide people to think about all the domains in their lives. And I, I have the domain of work and career, of our environment, of our relationships, of our, oh, I'm going to forget some now, spirit and legacy, I'm forgetting one, health and well-being. And okay. and that. So that when you put together the things that you want to be and become, the things you want to do and have, how do they map to all these different dimensions in your life? Mm-hmm. And then now, what's the next, what's the vision I have for the next part of my life? It's going to make me feel really fulfilled.
1: How many times do you ask that question to people don't really have a vision?
0: Well, it's that's why I take them through this very slow process. Right of awareness so that the vision starts to clarify.
1: So they start to give themselves the freedom to think in those terms, right? Because yeah, sometimes people started, get so pigeonholed. It's, right. Some people get so pigeonholed on their to-do list, which never ends. It is always mm-hmm. changing and expanding. And they forget that they can want something right. that they don't have. And you help them visualize, oh, verbalize, so emotionalize. You help them. Experience in a in an imaginary way what that could be, and then that then they put it into words or put it into is that it.
0: So yeah, and you know it could be such a big focus on my career now or that next job or that big promotion or whatever that they tend to not bring any of the other perspective into their lives about how am I taking care of myself? Right. My is am I in an environment that nurtures me and makes me feel good every day? Yeah or how are my relationships doing and even if that's the bigger piece of the of the expanded pie for the moment I want people to keep their eye on everything else too how are they honoring themselves in all of those areas and then when we, after these six weeks we actually have a three-day live retreat and in the retreat is where the big work just blows out right.
1: they're all primed by that point
0: they're so ready they're and- so excited and they're bonded as a group and we come into to the Um, retreat and amazing things happen there Um, the visions get clarified the express there's a big piece of creative work each of the three days where we just powers everything and accelerates insights and by the time people leave they've already addressed the kinds of things that get in their way and they have strategies for how to overcome them They've um, made a plan for the next month. In the next two months, there's a 90-day plan for how they're going to actually activate and live this vision. It's not just something exciting and then you know gravity hits when you get home. So it's really designed to help people have a sustained forward expansion in their lives.
1: So how long have you done this? How many workshops have you put together like this?
0: We just launched our ninth cohort of Live Big Live.
1: And so I assume the cohorts stay together afterwards and support each other.
0: Some people feel like they've gotten everything they need and they're, they're, they've they're had their big breakthroughs and they're excited. Some people feel like I've had this big breakthrough and I want to stay in the work with great women, with a coach who's going mm-hmm. to help me to more quickly and more gracefully, maybe. I don't know the word that I want, but, you know, sort of accelerate the way that I can actually activate uh, all my ideas.
1: Is it primarily women?
0: I do private coaching with men. But in my Live Big Life program, it's all women.
1: Oh, may I ask why?
0: There's something that started when I started first doing this work and doing workshops. And my network was mostly women. And I found that women appreciated being around others, accomplished, smart, terrific women with whom they could be perfectly open and candid about the doubts, about the struggles, about whatever. So I do work with teams. In corporate settings, those right. are obviously men and women. And I do have men who are private clients, but the group, this group program is just for women.
1: And are there any like standout successes from this?
0: Oh my God. So many. <laughs> so many people who came out of a very toxic corporate setting, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant people who've launched unbelievably successful right. independent consulting practices, people who have had a dream for. something that they thought they might someday do who are living the dream now it's just it's not something that they kept on the side and thought "Oh, that's that little thing that i've always wanted to do but now right here and really making their lives totally you know exciting every day i've seen women navigate very complicated relationships that were sort of in their way that once they move through and figure out the right solutions for themselves. They just blossom in their work. It's, it's, it's everything. Right. I've seen, women it really repair relationships with adult children who've, you know, where it's been. Yeah. They show up differently in their lives, wherever they need to. Mm
1: -hmm. That was that miracle you talked about earlier that sometimes you, you know, when you open yourself up for a miracle, the miracle happens, right? That's what you were saying earlier. As you're saying this, it occurs to me (laughs) that generationally speaking women may have prescribed socially prescribed scripts that that are now less stringent but but scripts nonetheless that you help break through i can see we're doing it gender specific would yeah. create that environment that you can talk about these things that men may not fully understand or realize they're even a part of and and it gives them the freedom to not feel like they have to be performative in some ways
0: well and I'll tell you honestly in the work that I do with private clients who are men they do open up with me in a way that they wouldn't open up in a group with men or women
1: right 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 that's interesting um I'm gonna throw a, a prediction out I'm gonna okay. just guess you haven't said this but I'm gonna throw it out my guess is that in the nine cohorts you've done you learn as much from those cohorts at, at leading them as you do as the participants oh. do. Absolutely. Right. what a, what, what a want to just take a moment to just have gratitude that you get to live this professional life because it's a gift. You know, I believe that the secret of life is to find your gift and then give it back. That's what I think we're supposed to do. Not everybody. And by the way, I spent a lot of time not realizing I had a gift. OK, and it took a lot of time and self trying to self discover what gifts I have and when i learned that expression find your gift and give it back it's not i i i stole it from somebody else but it resonated with me so much that i made it my own because it was so big and i could see that's exactly what you do and it took a journey to get to that place and yeah. so i could see that there must what a what a moment of gratitude you must have every on,
0: day
1: every day yeah every day. i i i it comes across i could see it for sure
0: And that's why I wrote the book. I really felt that I wanted to help people learn what I had learned faster and easier than I learned it.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. That's really our job as consultants and counselors and so on is to take what we've learned and help them learn it faster. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. It's funny. So what what is the uh what is the discovery dozen? Is that is that is is that like the so graduate program of live of live big life? No,
0: it's a foundational tool that I bring into my work all the time. Okay. It's, it's sprinkled throughout the book. So the way that the book is structured, there are 20 chapters about living big. The first half of the book is what I call the being of living big. I say that we are human beings and we spend most of our time doing.
1: Not, mm-hmm. being. not being, but doing. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah.
0: So um, things like slow down and be still, that's actually the first chapter of the book, which I realized was a completely intuitive thing that I made that that's, that was my biggest lesson.
1: Slow down and be still. Slow
0: down and be still. My first coach, brilliant man that he said, if you slow down, you'll get more done. And I pushed back so hard on that. <laughs> it's like, no, nope, no, nope, don't buy it. Not possible. And the truth is, it's when we slow down and we learn to be still that we hear our own voices, that we get our best yeah. ideas, and that Sandy. we can then be the most effective at whatever we're trying to do. So, so there's that, and about patience and gratitude and loving more, and is about listening to your intuition and creating and being bold and speaking your truth and navigating confusion and being resilient and those kinds of things. Right. Playing more. The first half of the book has feeling free. The second half of the book is play. The value of play, the importance of letting ourselves play and not take everything so seriously. Right.
1: right. Right.
0: So, the and each chapter of the book has a set of three to six exercises for ways to actually bring that attribute into your life. And that's where I discovered, created the Discovery Dozen as a tool to generate ideas and to for self discovery. So, there are quite a few of them. Actually, that's what Seth Godin chose to endorse the book around, The Power of the Discovery Dozen, which makes me extremely happy and proud. Right. Um, and I use it all the time. I'm happy to try one out with you. Okay. Yeah. And that my clients honestly tell me over and over again, oh, I did the Discovery Dozen or that Discovery Dozen you told me to do. Oh, it just changed everything. Really? So the idea is pretty simple. Yep. Yeah. And the idea is that I start by giving you a partial sentence, fill-in-the-blank partial sentence. Okay. Usually it's the end that you fill in, but every once in a while it's in the middle. Sure. Anyway.
1: So do you want to do a little mini workshop now? Is that what we're doing?
0: If, you, if you're game.
1: I, sure, I can edit anything, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> I won't embarrass myself too much.
0: <laughs> no, you can't embarrass yourself. This. <laughs> you have a question on your mind, a problem that you're trying to solve, a way that you think might be interesting to be curious, to create, but you don't know. Like, throw something at me.
1: I wish I had more time to work with my hands. And what keeps me from doing that is the space to do it in.
0: Okay, stop there. Stop. Stop. Okay. To have more time to work with my well, there's a few different ways we could do this. One is to to have or make more time to work with my hands. I can write 12 different endings to that sentence
1: i see oh that's interesting
0: the other option would be to switch it around a little bit and say the reason i struggle to make time to work with my hands is i see so one way or the other you're gonna so so pick one and and just throw a few things out at me
1: all right the reason that i struggle to make time with my hands is i prioritize my professional obligations first i give me another one I don't have the physical space that i can leave in disarray in the in-between parts of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: i feel like the learning curve is going to be too treacherous before i'm proud of my work okay give
0: me another
1: one i don't even know yet what i'd like to do with my hands
0: good and so yeah. one. don't judge yourself just
1: no i'm not i'm i, yeah, I, yeah. I i'm i it's really more time, just just my time, priorities, all the things I like to do, I don't have enough time to do it anymore. Why add to what, the list of things I frustrated by lack of time to do? All right, so- uh, I what can come up with 12, time. but that's those four or five are off the okay, cuff. The
0: idea is write 12, just keep writing, keep writing. If you get stuck, go blah, 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 and write the next one. Okay. What happens is the first couple are the obvious ones that you know. Right as you were even thinking to do this audibly and, you know, we usually write Sure. (laughs) as you keep writing is when things start showing up like, Oh yeah, there's that. And there's that. And I really hadn't realized that at all. And every once in a while, some huge surprise shows up because you just quickly let yourself keep writing. Be outrageous. Doesn't matter. Anything goes. And then you look at what shows up. Sometimes you can connect the dots. Two or three of those things might be related ideas.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, some so this is what you
1: were talking about earlier about keying, keying into your intuition.
0: Yeah. Right. So this helps you. So my clients who who use this tool a lot get really good at, at just spitting out all 12. Like they can just do it really fast. In the beginning, most people can't do it super fast. And they get very fast at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this, and what's amazing is how much revelation shows up in there for people. A huge amount of of sight shows up that if you just, if I just said, hey, why don't you do more with your hands? You always talk about how much you like it. You would give me one answer and you'd walk on your merry way and that would be it.
1: You know, the answer that it was, I was trying to not say out loud, but I think I need to say out loud is that I have friends that are really talented and I don't want to have it look like a child.
0: Right.
1: Absolutely. Comparison is a feature. joint. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I can see where that would be very powerful, especially if your focused time your time is focused on it.
0: And, and what happens is you you come up with these insights in the space of a few minutes. Right. It take a long time. And sometimes what we do in a client conversation is we'll pick out a couple things or pick out one juicy thing. Right. Say, Let's dig deeper into that. Mm-hmm. So that I'm worried about what other people will think will, how they will judge my creative work is. And then you go deeper in right. there.
1: Right? right.
0: You can keep mining and going, going to to new depths of insight and learning.
1: Got it. And then what what happens with that knowledge now that you've now that we've uncovered this intuitive thought that we didn't know existed?
0: Well, it depends. Now on what do we shed we it?
1: You know, do we sometimes? This,
0: it's, sometimes it's something to focus on. Why the heck is this in my way? Sometimes right. it's it's, and it's something that realize is ridiculous and you can now that you have put it in the light it doesn't have the power anymore it, it varies depends what shows up
1: i see i see right
0: the other reason that i love this tool i'll give you another good example it's a good. way to generate ideas yeah so for sure I was working with somebody a few years ago and i remember we had a private session and she said to me i have to write a blog i have no ideas and i knew this woman was full of ideas she was just stuck so that we did something really really simple which is my next blog could be about the topics I could write about in my blog include. And she came up with 12. And then I said, okay, well, which three do you think of the juiciest ones?" Oh, there's this one, this one, this one. And then we took each one of those and said to write about blah, blah, blah. I could. And she, she had an outline for three blog posts in the space of 10 minutes.
1: So now you can tell her to go to chat GPT, drop those in, and it'll write it for her in two seconds. That's another
0: whole conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting.
1: I could see that being really a helpful, a helpful tool for overcoming all kinds of barriers. Because, as you said, the barriers, the key ones, the ones that are really the powerful ones, may not even be real realized until you, ex, you, they percolate almost like a like a bubble. Yeah. Interesting.
0: It's a wonderful, wonderful tool. Um, there are people that work with me long enough where they use the book and they can then make their own discovery dozens. A lot of people say to me. I'm struggling with this. Can you help me with the, you know, what's my partial sentence? <laughs> I can just, I yeah. do that all the time for people.
1: You seem to be pretty, pretty quick at writing them. It, it, did that come naturally for you? Or is it just out of all this practice? I of...
0: had to get good at it myself. Right. I had to, I had to become more right. at ease with with myself and making these discoveries. What's, what's interesting is it seems like work you've,
1: work. it seems like you've developed this, your own, your own talent and put it into words so easily did was this how long of a process was it for you to develop like the book and the and the discovery dozen well
0: the funny thing is that the book started as a discovery dozen mm. was talking about living big well how do I live big right I live big when and I came up with 30 of them and then I wrote something about each one for a month there wrote a little couple of paragraphs and then I said oh look
1: at that I've got a book <laughs>
0: The beginning of a book here and That's i took the easiest ones and i flushed it out and i added the exercises and and you know it became what it became so this can be the the tool that unlocks many many possibilities for people
1: so we, we only have a few minutes left i mean i'm i'm completely intrigued and i want to learn more and i'm sure i'm not going to be the only one so but i'll f- often find out that after I've started to wrap up the interview that something really relevant should have been said. And you seem like you've got so much knowledge and wisdom to express.
0: You know, I, there's nothing that makes me happier than having a great conversation with somebody who's interested in this and who contributes to it the way that you have, Joel. It's been Oh, very, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. And I, and I also just am happy to be in conversation with people who are thinking about what they really want. In their right. Life, how to live their biggest, best life. I mean, I'm always happy to help people gain some new perspective or insight that can open things up for them.
1: So speaking of which, how would somebody get in touch with you to start this dialogue in earnest?
0: Well, um, on my site, they can come visit my site, which is my name, RochelleSeltzer.com and see lots of things. Um, The easiest and fastest thing is just to book a call with me. Just call livebigcall.com.
1: Livebigcall.com. Yeah. Got it. Okay.
0: And you know they'll they'll be asked a few key questions because I like to start a conversation with a little context for what right somebody's life. Okay. And we'll spend a half an hour, maybe more, and just dig in and see if I can support them. Interesting. Some, as I say, some new insight or some way to bring some of this into their personal life or their business life or whatever.
1: You know, I'm just going to end it with this: that just the concept of thinking about it, I think improves the way you think about it it's it's almost it's it's almost like a a paradigm shift of um those of us who have succeeded there's more in life and success of course is a you know subjective term of course but um but you can you can you can let those roadblocks get out of your way if you give yourself permission to do that and in in a way what your conversation has stimulated is a little permission maybe a little permission that didn't exist before and i can see where that would really add some oxygen to an experience so i it's fascinating i love it i'm a little disappointed that the workshops are just women though so you know maybe we should talk about that
0: let's 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 put something together just for you and your team, your clients, whatever. Because as I said, I've done these in corporate settings and they're amazing.
1: Yeah, I'll bet.
0: Creative experience together and they appreciate creativity together and it feels safe because they've done it together. And then they bring that into all the different aspects of the way they work together. Got it. It's been really fun to see.
1: So RochelleSeltzer.com. Yes. That's the place to start. Thank you, Rochelle. You've been amazing. I really, I can... I say this so often because I have great guests on Small BizCast, but I can talk about this all day long because it's, <laughs> there's so much there. So I encourage everybody to to reach out and and get in touch with you and continue the conversation. And I'd like to hear more about it, too. So we'll be in touch. Uh-huh. Let's let's keep
0: talking Joe.
1: Hey, another good episode of Small BizCast in the can. Hey, listeners, you do make a difference. You make a difference when you share the episodes on Facebook or other social media, you make a difference when you give us reviews wherever you get your podcast, and you make a difference when you email me your suggestions and ideas, comments, and notes to JV at Jovopro.com. You also make a difference when you support our sponsors, and I really encourage everybody to do so. Jorgensen HR. Hot Dog Business Growth, and SoCal Labrador Retriever Rescue, all of which can be found on the show notes. Thanks a million. Until next time, hot dog, it's a wonderful life.